This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found on Gadget Geek show number 455, recorded on August 13th, 2020. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in a beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska. Um, Kevin, have you guys struggled at all with thunderstorms this summer? Have they been have you any severe up there? Yeah, we've had a couple of nasty runs through. Just over the weekend, we had some yeah. very large hail uh, mixed in and... They seem to come in bands across, so uh, it, uh, it, we, we've had our share this year. Yeah, it has been. We, we had a windstorm on Monday. We were out and uh, took took down Uyghur's fence. If you follow Uyghur, by the way, Uyghur is out uh, tonight, I think taking a little vacation or something. I can't remember, but um, a blue, completely blew down Uyghur's fence, and so mm-hmm. he's got some. he's got a little work to do. Of course, Petey lives out there, and so uh, he's got a little work to do to put the fence up. Um, but uh, we will uh, we'll post a show with uh, world-class show notes. Tonight, show notes shared by those listening live. So you never know. You might want to head out to TheAverageGuy.tv slash HGG4. What did I say the show was? 455? Is it 450? No, 445. There we go. 445. Can't remember myself. And you can, um, although I have 455 in the show notes. Wait a minute. Which? What's the number of this show, Kevin? Do you know? 455? Four. I don't think I've done 450. Yeah, it is 455. Okay, HGG 455. There we go. Definitive answer. You will see, hopefully, there will be some updated show notes from those who are listening live as well. Don't forget, you can also join us on our mobile app, HomeGadgetGeeks.com. Kevin, when Kevin was on the road, he used to join us a lot on Thursday nights from the road. Best way to stream the podcast live, uh, when I remember to click the speaker button, and uh, HomeGadgetGeeks.com, you can download that. For free. I've already talked to him once tonight, but Kevin Schoonover is joining us. And of course, Kevin is the king of deals in both our Discord group and over at Home Server Show. The Home Server Show forums are reset forums, whatever we call those things uh, these days. Kevin, welcome to the program. Hey, good to be back. Good to have you. We are going to spend some time tonight uh, thinking about some free utilities, not necessarily 100% Windows driven. We're, uh, we're going to start right off the bat with one that's not but before we get started, quick little update. Uh, many in the community way back in the early days of the pandemic, which feels like a hundred years ago, like it just like February is like 1980, basically for me. That's what it feels like. <laughs> but we all got involved. I think it was January, February time. We got involved in the folding at home uh, program. A lot of folks jumped in. We threw some GPUs at it. Everybody got fired up. I got my power bill. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't be uh, have all four GPUs running on this thing. I took it down to two and then took it down to one and dropped it. Um, in the show notes, uh, there is a link. Silicon Prairie News is actually a news outlet, a tech news outlet out of Omaha. And they uh, had, they, it's funny, it's, it's like they just discovered this was happening um, in, in their article. I'll show that on screen here. So. Um, I had done the Silicon Prairie News Minute for a while, a little podcast I did with their editor-in-chief over there. Um, but they recently have highlighted they're still going. And, and I, actually, it's still the the number one supercomputer in the world. And, uh, and they interviewed some of the, um, some folks who were supporting it in this article. Again, I'll have the link in the show notes 
and have said, no, we're still making progress on the thing. I think, mm-hmm. Kevin, the reason I highlight this, there, I was hoping this article would have some update on have they, with COVID, if they kind of had found anything. And it didn't, unfortunately. So it was one of those situations where I was like, oh, maybe they found something. They haven't yet. Uh, if you're still doing that, awesome. Still continue to do it. It's 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 still needed. They're still cranking on that thing. Um, many of us jumped in and then stopped, and that's okay too. It it mm-hmm. it it kind of works out. It did it did. It was a little alarming when I got the power bill that month, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. oh, you know, crypto is one thing, but folding, hmm, I don't know. You you jumped in and helped, didn't you? A, a bit, and we were joking around that uh, once once air conditioning season is done, maybe we all start uh, helping again so that uh, we can heat our houses off from uh, GPU power. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's maybe I'll wait. Uh, it, it won't be that long before uh, we see some cold weather here, and uh, and we can do it again. So that link will be in the show notes if you want to head out to the Silicon Prairie News article. Not not a lot of update there. I was kind of kind of hoping there'd be some updates. And there wasn't. Kevin, tonight the intention is to spend some time, again, looking at some utilities. And I'll, I'll throw in some alt utilities that we have in there as well. But mm-hmm. you, I'd ask you, hey, like, let's go through a list of just some things that are free that we can use in various situations. Why don't you get us kicked off with a solution that I have kicked around a couple times <laughs> and then I kick it to the curb. Why don't you talk about that? Well, as as I have uh, also <clears throat> uh, just had a situation where cleaning up some old computers and uh, it's a you know we've got good uh, recycling facility here. They'll basically take any electronic device you want to drop off. Uh, but there's also some good charities that uh, work hard to get computing devices to folks who maybe can't afford them. So I'm always stuck a little bit in you know what. What is something that should be recycled versus what is something that may be useful to someone yet? And uh, I had uh, an older laptop I needed to move through, uh, a two gigahertz processor, two gig of memory. I was able to bump it up to four gig of memory running Windows Vista. Had to get rid of Vista. So it just gave me the opportunity. I hadn't played with uh, any of the Linux variants for a while. Uh, for those uh, well versed in Ubuntu, uh, Ubuntu Mate is the flavor of choice for things like that for most people uh, or for many people. And it, uh, you know, very lightweight, uh, very quick to load up, very easy to use. And uh, I was impressed. It, uh, uh, once again, back to this charity, they're looking for something that a person can take with them. Uh, so laptops are great. Uh, all they need is a web browser so that they can help them show how to research things, how to look for jobs, how to apply for jobs. Uh, there's a great mail client built in. Uh, and I have to admit that uh, after uh, uh, getting this up and running, I was pleasantly surprised that uh, uh, an old AMD 2 gigahertz processor and 4 gig of memory was usable. Uh, and, and in this case, I did shell out another $20 to put a brand new battery in it. That was a little surprising that Amazon had a battery for this old uh, laptop for 20 bucks. Uh, so somebody hopefully has a good, uh, well-working uh, laptop now. Uh, Andrew wants us to know it's pronounced Mai Tai instead of mate. Uh, well, you know, that doesn't good make to any know. sense, by the way. It's not spelled that way. It's spelled mate, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, nothing like uh, nerds trying to get cute with the naming <laughs> on things, right? 
Um, well, I appreciate, I appreciate Andrew for, uh, for letting us know how it should yeah, be pronounced. Pronounced so, yes. Mai Tai. I'm going to call it mate for the rest of the show. Just to, absolutely just to annoy people. Um, <laughs> it is one of these things, uh, you know, I mentioned this, I've gone to Ubuntu several times. I, at least once a year, I put it on a laptop or something and I think, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a good college try. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And a week later, I'm like, ah, why, why, why? It just isn't, it just, for, for whatever reason, it hasn't worked for me. Doesn't mean though, Kevin, I think in a lot of situations, doesn't mean though, it doesn't have value. And in this space, this is awesome um, where there, it, it does give life to new, to old computers, right? When we think, you know, we, we've gone through this time here, both globally and especially in the United States, around some just some equality, right, of giving opportunities. And so um, there, are, there are some opportunities to take some hardware for folks who, have, who don't have the opportunities and, and get it in their hands where, where they need it. Now, we still have some just we still have some problems around Internet and making sure everybody's connected and some mm-hmm. of those kinds of things. But this is a step to at least getting some equipment. I think the good news in this case is these things do run pretty well on pretty limited equipment. And yep. so, you know, from when you talked about productivity and accessing the internet and a web browser and some of those kinds of things work pretty well, don't you think? Yeah, it, it does. And, and that's, uh, uh, you know, a, a good simple office package built into it, which is pretty compatible with most other packages out there. So once again, talking to the guys at Free Geeks, uh, it, it clicks all their buttons because they can show a person how to write a resume. They can show a person uh, and, and they're dealing with a lot of, uh, you know, folks who are uh, don't have good access to computer equipment. And, you know, we're Sometimes uh, I'm surprised at, at the number of people who still uh, rely on libraries uh, for computer use. And uh, with COVID, that being shut down was a, yeah. a real issue as well. So, yeah, yeah no, it was uh, a, a, a very functional, very usable. The Thunderbird email client in there seems to work well. Um, so, you know, the, between browsing, email, and uh, an office package really kind of clicks all the boxes for the average yeah. uh, grab-and-go use. Yeah, and, and something that you can get in somebody's hands. We've had them on the show before, I think, or I've talked about them before. An alternate alternative to that would be KeyPod, K-E-E-P-O-D. I'll show their website as well if you're watching the video. Um, KeyPod, you can either buy it or now they've got the, their OSs available as well for download for free. USB keys are 29 bucks for a while that you'd buy one. They would ship one to somewhere in the world where somebody needed computing. And the difference on this, you could do this with this, with this, um, this Ubuntu system, Mai Tai, mate, let's just call it that, <laughs> um, put it on a USB drive and then, um, they can just plug it into, you know, you could have a single workstation that people share, like at a library or whatever. Maybe this doesn't work as well during COVID, but then run it, save everything on this, take your take your OS with you, and uh, and you have everything that you need right here. So they also have a version, uh, very, and, and they are kind of, they have gotten kind of security focused over the last year or two. In other words, everything that you can do to secure your browser or to to, you know, all those, to, to kind of remove all the things that track you, they've added to the, to the, to the OS mm-hmm. so that you're, so you can't be tracked or minimally tracked, uh, maybe for right. that. So Keypod, K-E-P-O-D, they contacted me the other day, uh, a month or two ago, said, hey, have you tried it out in a while? It works out, it works pretty well, boots pretty easily. When you're done, just pull it out. Another, another great alternative. Yeah. 
No, and I think these, I think for a lot of people, they're more interested, as you and I were talking before the show, I end up defaulting back to Windows all the time. But I look at younger people, you know, my kid um, is perfectly happy with a Chromebook because everything they do in school is is Google-based, at least at our school district. Um, so initially I was concerned about some of the limitations of Chromebook, but it works perfectly for for that environment. And then, you know, the, he, he's got a Windows machine, so, you know, ga- gaming-wise, everything's squared away over there. So it's it's all good from that point of view. But, uh, you know, the, the, the I, you know, I think people are realizing, hey, if a Chromebook can do it, now all of a sudden we're looking more from the point of view of uh, for what limited stuff I need to do, this Linux distribution is is good enough to get me going. Yeah, yeah, could be could be an, a, a great alternative. Back to the Windows side. Um, and this is a program uh, that started as one thing has moved to another, but uh, Windows 10 skip its net and skip and sketch, right? Snip, there we go. Snip, snip, snip and sketch. And know. sketch. Yeah. <laughs> So we should have practiced this. Can I share screens here? Yeah, yeah. Just go down to the share screen uh, down right. below, and then just d- tell it what window to share, and it'll drop it out for you. I think that originally, and I've got I um, have that up um, on my uh, a Windows Ten. It started as the snipping tool. So what's mm-hmm. what's there? Um, it's got a mode that, and then oh, let me. I need to share yours your screen there. Um, and then, oh, you might want to just share the instance of um, those, the just the, well, you just can share, that one app. Yeah, you can All share right. whatever. Yeah, just that one app. Here, I'll take you off for a second until you get that. Okay. Um, so, started as, as a snipping tool, and that's still in there, but there's a huge ad inside the snipping tool now called, and it just says try snippet sketch. And uh, and a little more power and, and gets a few more options. So, we'll see you soon. Kevin can bring this up. I think now it's just if you have the latest build of Windows 10, I think both tools are available for you. Yep. There's a in the share in the StreamYard share. There's an application tab at the top. If you click that, it'll just allow you to share. Just yeah, I, grabbed, I, I pulled it down. It's giving me every application but that one. <laughs> oh, you know, I wonder if it's because it's a Windows. Let me let me try this. I wonder if it's because it's a. Uh, here, I'll share it. There we go. Okay. Good. So, you know, and as Jim said, so the snipping tool has been in there for a long time. And some of these apps, you know, um, I, I, I don't ever present these as being, oh, God, look what I found. Um, I kind of make the assumption that uh, lots of folks have used these things in the past or have uh, have worked uh, with them. Um, so if you have used the snipping tool, it's great screen capture. Go out and grab something off your screen. Snip and sketch gives you the ability to highlight or annotate or add some text to it. Um, I'm working for a company right now, great company, smaller company, just kind of uh, finding our way in lots of ways. Uh, we have a lot of systems that don't talk to each other. So inevitably we end up, um, you know, I, I catch myself quite frequently having to jump in um trying to explain something to somebody, go into one tool and grab a screenshot of it, go annotate it, show what I'm talking about uh, and pop it back over to them. There's maybe quicker ways to, or not quicker, there's maybe more uh, controlled ways to do it in a Word document or a PDF or something else, but this is quick and easy. I can just take a snap of a screen, uh, annotate it, send it off and uh, we you know our our entire sales team does a ton of this now 
as we move ahead, I can see some of this going away as more of our online systems talk to each other and become more automated. But today at the point we're in, this has been a lifesaver. It's just uh, been been very uh, quick and easy to use. And if you're not using it and you have the opportunity uh, or you have the need to uh, grab something off your screen and show it to somebody, that fantastic tool to do it. And the editing functions are really made it come together. Yeah, no, it's not, it's actually really nice. It's actually in, um, there was a, I'm trying to think there used to be a grab it. Was that or, or yep. snag it? I think it was snag, snag, snag it. it. Snag it was, yeah, it was yeah. one of the better screen captures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, Camtasia yeah. was the, the big one that was a whole screen capture. And speaking of that, yeah, the, the, the next, the next one on the list, um, which I probably won't, uh, I might be able to show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, with with Zoom and all the conferencing stuff we're doing, and you know, and and uh, me not being able to get out to California to do some of the things that are going on there, um, I had the need the other day where we were on with a customer and we were doing Zoom, and one of my engineers was had a live camera in our production area, um, taking a camera feed from a build we were doing for this customer. And I know the customer was recording the Zoom conference to keep it, but I, I was sitting there thinking, hey, this would be really cool if, or this would be great if I could just capture what's on my screen right now so that I didn't have to ask the customer for a copy of the, the Zoom recording of it. And then it popped into my head that with all Windows PCs, you get the Xbox game bar. And the game bar, uh, in most cases, it's already installed on your system, but there's a DVR built into it. If you haven't played with this, um, if you hit uh, Windows key, Alt, and G, it'll bring up the game bar, and up in the upper left corner is the DVR. And uh, many times it'll ask you, is the thing that you're going to record a game? You click yes, and it basically records whatever's on your screen. Uh, practice with it a little bit because the audio can be a little uh, much to get that to capture. But uh, once I, I've got that down, once again, between this and Snippet, if I'm doing something live and I need to capture it, um, there's maybe better tools out there. But this is a free one. It's built into Windows, and uh, I've had good luck with it. Yeah, you know, I've heard so I've heard Paul Thorat, Paul Thorat talk about this several times, and um, it, it is not one. And and, and I, I probably need to practice with it more, just with the job that I do in in creating those videos that have animation to them to help people do things. Right, that's mm-hmm. go here, go there, get that done. Dave Jackson, who I podcast with on Saturday mornings, he um, he's really good at that, and I think he uses Camtasia. Uh, to get that done, but he is he is really good at making sure um, he provides that support back to his customers that way. So another uh, another gro- a great way to get that done. Windows is also will stay on that on that theme. They have also been working hard on a your phone app, which continues. It's I think it's it's only Android right at this point. The iPhone there's some limited functionality with iPhone, but talk a little bit about that. I, I think it, um, so I've only got Android, so I, I can only speak from that point of view, but um, I'm trying to remember. Now, you know what? I think it does work with iPhone because I think when I first set this one up again, um, it asked me what kind of a phone I had, mm, okay. but but I've been playing with way too many things, so <laughs> I, I don't exactly recall on that. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned some of the work that they're doing. The... Um, 
the uh, uh, they seem to be doing a ton these days with Samsung. So there's lots of um, specialty things that they've uh, they've worked on with, uh, you know, garnering some of the same functions and some of the same uh, tools back and forth. Um, for me, the, the thing that, and part of it's the work from home thing again, is what it allows me to do. And because I'm remote from our office is now from my computer, I can use my phone to make phone calls with my headset and microphone. Not a huge deal, but between setting in on Zoom calls, setting in on, uh, we use uh, uh, go to meeting as well, and we use the IP phone dialing and that. Um, I've kind of hit the point now where I can leave one headset on and grab a call from any function that's coming in. Um, uh, messaging is integrated. So now without having to grab my phone, I can read text messages. I can bring text messages back in. Uh, I can send text messages. So if you haven't played with the your phone feature, I, I was impressed. It's it's really it's really come a long ways uh, from where it had been. Uh, and, and you know, it was a little clunky in the past when they first launched it and got it going, but now it uh and, and my computer has a good Bluetooth connection, so it connected up well from that point of view. But uh, I've been pretty impressed with it. You know, it's not it's not a ton of features, not a ton of functions, but if it would be important for you to be able to do messaging and calls with your phone uh, from your PC, it seems to work quite well. I think there's also a window hello component for both Android and iPhone where you can now, um, you know, the device, I think it's a Bluetooth feature. The device kicks in when you, when you, you can sign in. I don't think you can sign in with it, but you can, if you leave, it'll automatically lock your computer. So they've been pimping that uh, on my, uh, the, my latest version of Windows at, at uh, work. They keep saying, hey, do you want to attach the device to the device? So, you know, when you walk away, we'll automatically lock your PC. I walk away from my computer too much. So I'm, eh, no, I'm good. <laughs> we do have um, where they are going to allow, start allowing pin access for sign in uh, on using Windows Hello. Of course, you know, you can use a photo if you have touch or you, you can touch or slide whatever certain parts of the photo. If you have a Windows Hello compatible uh, camera, it'll unlock it in that way. Um, so I think they're, they're getting, uh, and, and, and those, those are getting really, really good. But if you haven't, tried your phone yet on windows that may be something to give it a try to see some of the options kind of i think based on your phone whether it's android or iphone and then even different versions of those i think yes. have different capabilities right yeah and and like i say uh samsung they seem to be doing quite a lot with samsung these days so mm -hmm. that seems to be um moving uh part of the direction they're moving in from that point of view as yeah. well. Yeah. No, I think they're partnering with them on some of these. Hey, just to go back a little bit, Justin, and this is what I'm looking for from the show notes. Justin had dropped a link to another alternative. A VLC has a screen <laughs> capture. Uh, those uh, ability, there's some, this is a great wiki on how to get that done. Justin has thrown the show, thrown that in the show notes. So if you want to head nice. out there, we, we didn't prep for this, so we won't talk about it too much, but if you, want to maybe you're using vlc already and you didn't know this you can check it out there we'll leave that link uh in the show notes as well so justin Good. thanks for for dropping um that in there kevin anything else you'd say about are you using any of the security features with android or iphone on windows or are you using the you're you said you're using it for phone calls and 
text messages? Uh, mostly just for phone calls and text messages. And the thing that I've got to work on is uh, most of this is configured and working with my home computer. I'm having a little problem moving back and forth between my work laptop and my home computer. And that might push me to go to two phones, a work phone and a home phone, just to keep the integration. Um, we're, we just went to a corporate version of LastPass uh, for work. And we're using uh, Duo as the authentication for that on the phone. So it 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 should all work, but I, it might just make it easier from a struggle point of view if I just yeah. do it do it one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of options for that. Yep, no, lots absolutely. of options. Yeah, I, I'm I, I am, and I just realized I was looking at LastPass the other day, and it was throwing me an ad for premium, and I'm like. I'm already a premium user. Wait a minute. And I must not have paid like I, because it, it dropped me to a free user mm. and I was like, Oh, well, shoot. I'm, I'll have to go in and check. Maybe I, um, I clicked through it. You know, sometimes when you set up your spam email as the email, uh, you know, you, you register that with the business and then it drops into a spam account. It, your chances of actually seeing it are pretty small. So I mean, I need to probably pack, uh, head back over to LastPass and, um, Resubscribe to yep. them as well. We use, I think, we use KeyPass at work, and I've got that. I have a version of that. That's that. That's one that stays local. Yep. It doesn't have a web, yeah, web interface. So well, I use that for all my work passwords uh, and get that done. There. You, well, you, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, I think I've got uh, I, the share seems to work on browsers. So um, go ahead and finish your thought, and we can move to oh, the next item. No, here. you because I'm gonna. Are you ready to move on to the next yeah, thing? Or okay. Sure. So uh, you had put Tinkercad in there, and I'd never yes. seen this one before. Let's talk a little bit about it. So Tinkercad is from the Autodesk, the AutoCAD folks. They came up with a um, a online version of their tool. Um, I am not good at drafting. Uh, I love 3D printing, but what holds me back is drafting. Um, what's up on the screen right now is some of the designs and things that I've worked on in the past. Um I'm fairly good with Visio, but Visio is not the real tool from a, you know, drafting industry point of view. So I've dabbled with this quite a bit over the years and have come up with designs and things that work. Um, the thing I'm highlighting over here was a, um, a prototype of a, a little plastic piece to hold a disk drive on the the now uh, no, no longer available uh, Skundagi uh, uh, HP Gen 8 uh, bracket, um, but uh, it was dabbling quite a bit with that. Um, so if you're if you're working at getting into 3D printing and you want to, an easy way to do some drafting, do some design drawing, Tinkercad can be a great way to do that. Um, there's a lesson plan up top here. They've got great educational thing to, things to go through it. What I uh, So there's all that goodness, but uh, the thing, and, and I, I know I'm breaking all the rules of presentation because I'm not ready to present this, but what I was surprised about that I hadn't seen before was they've gone to code blocks. So if any of you have looked at some of the code designs that allow you to just cut and paste blocks in. Um, they're supporting that through Tinkercad now. And uh, being a, being a sort of a junior electrical engineer kind of guy, I'm, I'm just a couple credits short from uh, finishing the full uh, double E. Um, I, was, it was, I thought it was interesting that they've gone to uh, 
electronic design circuits in their designs. That's cool. So you can drag and drop components, make simple circuits, uh, and there's a simulator built in. So you take a battery and a resistor and an LED, you hit simulation, and the LED lights up. Everything's good. Um, my digital circuitry days, uh, 555 timers are kind of the core of a lot of cute little circuits you can do, one-shot timers and things like that. Um, but they drift off into Arduino on this, so you can do some simulations of Arduino designs. Um, there's some distance sensors. If you're looking for a way to, you know, and I'm thinking in terms of a little bit of the distance learning stuff we're on right now, um, I, I was really pleasantly surprised to see um, these guys had drifted off, not, not drifted off, but expanded their offering from traditional CAD offering into some of the other simulations and things they can do. So uh, it just caught me off guard a little bit. I hadn't expected it, but uh, very, very interesting that they've gone off into um, the uh, circuit design and the coding as well. Will it catch fire if you do it incorrectly? That's the, <laughs> will the battery smoke? Will the wires melt? Wouldn't that be funny? Uh, if you know, a, I should I should have I should have tried that. <laughs> overload the circuit and see if you can get, you know, some of the some of the wires to melt. Uh, mm -hmm. if, it would, if it would pick up faults, that would be actually helpful because it, you know, be like yeah, you know, where it does a little simulation where the wire just kind of goes, you know, yep. just kind of melts. Melt its this way is, through. This is where you would have burnt your fingers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is where now the house smells like an electrical fire. Thank you. Does it smell like burning much. chicken? That would be your <laughs> flesh. Super good. Well, it's well, that, that stuff is important. I, I've had I had some house wiring that only didn't catch the house on fire because it was in a metal box. Mm -hmm. And so when the electrician came, he was like, you know, you're a metal box away from this place burning down. And so it's, uh, you know, it, it is good to be able to test, test the circuits. And I, I've had, um, I've had electricians in here twice and one was to upgrade the circuit panel. You know, we were still in the old screw in fuses. And so I had an electrician come in and replace the panel and up the, up it from a hundred to 150 amp service. Mm -hmm. And that's when he discovered it. And, um, I, I can't say, hey, could you check and look? And he's like, no, that would be too too expensive. If you have me starting to check your wiring, because it's an old house. Yeah. He's like, that's gonna get that's gonna get costly pretty fast. This I'll fix because I saw it. But uh he, you know, so I was like, mm -hmm. so I've been uh, slowly going through some of my wiring, trying to upgrade it and make sure it's uh, it's up to par as we do it. But nice to have a simulation and a simulator in there, especially on the Arduino side, because those are components you can give to kids and then yeah. they can build it test it virtually and then build it and touch it, uh, test it in person. Uh, well, and there's so much, um, you know, and not a, not, not a free place, but there, uh, the Adafruit site uh, is a, distribution electronics company that really specializes in a lot of this stuff. Um, a friend of mine, a former co-worker, uh, is the CEO at SparkFun, uh, and they're very into this as well. Is they're, they're making electronics easy for kids to pick up and play with and learn and code and, uh, you, know, you know, basically uh, take a little single board computer and make it all work bring it all together. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of chatter about that before the pandemic and I actually haven't seen or heard, and maybe it's just because the school systems punted 
completely right. And so it's destroyed after school programs. It's destroyed, you know, some of those things where these kids were getting this. I sure hope we can get back to it at some point. Maybe, yeah. maybe the fall is not the right time. Uh, apparently, according to the, to the big 10, fall isn't the time to play fall football. Fall is not again. the time. No, <laughs> but that's, I'm glad you bring that up because uh, for parents out there, um, go, go hit, uh, Adafruit's website. Um, um, I think it, it spark funds. I, I know both of them have come up with not in-depth curriculum, but they make it quite easy for you to go out and, you know, pick up a learning kit, um, with their stuff and, uh, um, let your kids kind of learn it on their own. They've got some learning packages there, um, some different things you can do from that point of view. So, Adafruit, just like it sounds, a d a f r u i t dot com. You can check that yep. out. We're showing that right now, and uh, and they've got some they've got some projects that you can do. I need to do. You'd sent me a um, what were those circuit boards? Oh, me. the uh, BBC. Um, yeah, I can't yeah. Think what they, they, were what did they call those things? Yeah, and and I never just I never did do. I never did the the circumstances around the work I was doing kind of changed with the interns, but mm-hmm. um, there are there are great still great opportunities to do this stuff at home, and I think for some moms and dads uh, that may be a great opportunity to do it with kids. So yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Joe had put in chat a little bit earlier. He says a li- he's a little timid about adopting anything Microsoft anymore. You could in- you could insert the word Google in this thing as, as well, right? Uh, timid about adopting anything Google or Microsoft anymore as they are likely to kill it at any moment. And yet, uh, Kevin, the next thing that you want to talk about is, is a Microsoft tool. And, and it's in, I share his concern. Yeah. <laughs> and, and actually this, this one, you know, I, I think we all have a long history of of Microsoft jumping in and out of things, making things nice and then killing them. Um, Google does a lot of the same thing. They do. <clears throat> a few uh, a few years ago, my my favorite to do list product was uh, Wonderlist. Uh, Wonderlist was a great product. Loved it because uh, voice, uh, you know, you could call out to your voice assistant, have them add something to the grocery list, um, have all your family members on Wonderlist. Uh, Microsoft loved it so much they bought it. Uh, and then I'm not sure what they exactly did with it because they bought another one called To Do. And uh, Microsoft To Do uh, became the mainstay for that. Um, still from a personal basis, To Do, it works out really well with. Um, uh, lists, uh, task lists, to-do lists. Uh, so from from our family point of view, shopping lists, activity lists, different things that we want to coordinate um, seems to work very well. What's gotten me going at, on this from a business point of view as well is uh, from some of the developers conferences, I've started to notice that back to that phone thing with Samsung being tied in with Microsoft pretty heavily, there was an announcement that uh, Samsung reminders are going to sync with Microsoft to-do lists. So now all of a sudden you're going to start to see more synergy across that platform. Um uh, at work, we're using Microsoft Teams for a lot of our activity, and I, I catch I catch myself constantly looking at whether it's project management or Teams, um, and in the ability to track a project. But can I really boil it down to individual tasks or action items? And from a developers conference, I can see where uh, Microsoft To Do is 
going to be one of the routes they're looking at to be able to boil down tasks out of teams and pop it into a to-do list. Uh, and then there's another new technology from Microsoft called Microsoft Planner, which is kind of the glue to go in between Microsoft Project, Microsoft Teams, a lot of these other functions. And there is a strong uh, um, push with inside of Microsoft to have to do be the focal point of task management for all those items. So, and then Microsoft will kill it and we'll all be pissed <laughs> off. Uh, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think on to do that's a pretty basic, uh, you know, it's, it's going to get teams integration. You know, the direction is to move everything into teams. Yep. And, uh, and so, um, you know, and actually the integration with the office products. So like word and, and, um, and Excel and some of those, Inside Teams, not bad. I mean, not, yeah. not perfect yet, but not bad. It actually yeah. works pretty well. This week, we got the rollout for the more. So now we can have nine. I think it's nine windows. And um, uh, we can get, oh, the window, the video window pops out. It used to stay inside Teams. Now it pops out. And so we're, we're a Teams um, we're a Teams customer at Gallup. And uh, I, I it took me a while to figure out, like, okay, where's the window going? <laughs> like, we're... we're I had a call going and then the window was gone <laughs> and, uh, and they continue to make pretty rapid uh, improvements to it. Kevin, I, I don't think this is one I don't see them and maybe, and maybe so, I don't know. I do see them. We're kind of rolling this into the Microsoft 365 or the office 365, whatever they're calling it these days. Um, family of, of products and it probably staying as the to do feature for those for a while. So I don't, this is one I could be wrong, but this is one maybe around for a while. Yeah, and I think because, you know, the thing with past products like this, they never seem to be embraced by the developers who yeah. build the glue that goes between all these other products, and this one does. So I think, um, you know, I think from that point of view, um, it could be it could be a, a good link-up tie that way. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm, as much as I'm a nerd, I still am a paper notes guy, and I cannot, when like, when push comes to shove, and I'm having that kind of pushing and shoving week for whatever reason. It's just that week where push came to shove. Um, I go back to paper. I, I just can't. I don't I don't know what it is about not being able to visualize it in my own brain mm -hmm. when it's digital. And I, I just I'm more effective on paper. And it, maybe it's just the way I grew up or it's because I'm old or I, I don't know. I'm not saying don't you, by the way, this is not like everybody should still be on paper and get off my lawn. <laughs> this is not one of those. If you can do it digitally, awesome. I have just tried for 25 years to make the digital jump and I just can't do, I can do some of it, but when it's, when, when, when the pressure's on, I go right back to paper and, mm -hmm. and it's just, it's, I don't know, for me, it's just easier to do. So I have a laundry list here and some notes on the back. I always keep a pad on my desk. Just, I just have one. And anytime I need something, I need to take notes. I do have, um, I, I do have a sticky note from Windows. If you haven't used their sticky notes in a while, um, I do have a sticky note on my desk that's got a bunch of notes on it. That it's got like my daily routine. You know, I get there's some things I do. I check YouTube first. I check our, I promote our webcasts. I post to Eventbrite, I schedule the streams. Like there's some things I do and that's on a sticky note on my, on my computer. And that works out really well, mm -hmm. but the to do stuff, I kind of just want to check it off. Andrew does say 
uh, he says, I, I think we're just old. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, that's true in a lot of ways. But Kevin, have you found success in moving, moving over to digital to do? Uh, you know, as you're talking about that, I, I'm I'm back on paper again. Uh, I I go back and forth with it. Um, good, good segue to talk about a topic that I didn't want to talk about, but uh, Microsoft has the new Surface Duo device coming out, and if I was more of a road warrior than I used to be, I I would love to have one of those to experiment with. And when I think about the times that I was very paperless, I had a small tablet or, uh, you know, did everything uh, in in notes. But every time I look at that thing, I go, God, I'd love to play with that. But for $1,500, I'll build myself a really cool gaming desktop. Oh, but I'd love to see how well I could have two apps running on that. But for $1,500... I'm going to build a cool gaming desktop. Yeah, you ca- you kind of have to, don't you? I mean, now, to be fair, the $1,500 is the 256 version, right? Yeah, that or is correct. $1,400. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Finish laughing because I'm gonna put a I'm gonna put a joke on top of your joke. Wrap it up, Buzzball. Right? <laughs> oh my God! Fourteen hundred or fifteen hundred dollars, and you don't get the pen. Oh. You still have to buy the pen separate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's we've been there's been a, a bunch of conversation going on on Twitter about this uh, in our groups and. Um, Everybody's kind of been like, "Yikes, fifteen hundred bucks for that!" I think, I think it's a little jump the shark moment for, yep. for Microsoft, right? Don't you think? Now, this being said, I bet at Christmas you can get these for nine ninety nine. Uh, that's yeah. If, if it was if it was something under a thousand, it would be yeah. much much yeah. more. And and this is the kind of thing that if the Microsoft stores hadn't have closed, COVID and everything else. I, I would have to go play with this because even though I can see some use case for it, I'm getting kind of hung up on, okay, you know, they show the picture with you having it set sideways with a virtual keyboard on it. So you're, you're using it kind of like a little laptop. And I'm thinking, would, would that, would you use it that way? It's not going to sit on your lap. Um, okay. I'm flying a lot for business. Uh, hey, it would fit nicely on top of the, uh, tray in front of me um when they keep talking about it being an 8.1 inch screen it it's it's got a line down the middle of it so i don't see you using it to watch a movie full screen mode because you'd have a line right down the middle of it um that mode you've got on the screen right now with like an app on either side i think that would be one of the better use cases for it but um i i don't know i'm i i'm 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 way too much of a Microsoft optimist, a technology <laughs> optimist. Yeah, yeah. You know, and other people are building products like this. Samsung's got something coming out. Other people yeah. have are heading down this idea. I just I'm not I'm not seeing it for for 1500 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, I think we're going to see they're not going to sell very many. I mean, they'll sell to the enthusiasts. And then I think by Christmas there'll be ways to There'll be ways to buy this thing at, at under a thousand bucks, you know. Could in, very well be options. 
Um, there are some some interesting form factors, and when you think about, and, you know, the, again, uh, a little the timing is bad, but when you think about on a plane, there are some nice, like you know, the the, the dual app, maybe turning that thing up and watching the you know watching a movie here and doing some email down here or something, right? Where um, you know you got you've got a few options. I see for some people this will be a real. Uh, could be really, really, really interesting. Yeah. The hinge will be interesting. It's kind of built similar to the, the to the to the surface hinge, and some they learned some things from that. We'll see how well that holds up. We know how the first version of Samsung's fold worked out. <laughs> it didn't. Don't take so, the tape off. <laughs> <laughs> it'll just be interesting to see what how well this does when you. We're still not to a point where we've really had a mainstream device where you folded two screens together. Right. Right. And so it'll be interesting to see. Um, Jim, Jim wants you to know, uh, let's see if I can find that note that Kevin, you can't put a gaming desktop in your pocket. So that's, (laughs) that's, I mean, you, you, you can go, you can go with all of that, but at the end of the day, um, although when we had Jay on Jay Madison on, he's got some pretty small gaming rigs that we looked at so that that may also fit in it's got um, some, not, it's some pretty unique ideas there really not into your pocket but you know um kevin as we think about antivirus and malware and and ransomware and you know this is kind of a topic here we used to talk about if i go back to the sub 100 days of what was home tech then now home gadget geeks we talked about this stuff all the time and it's kind of become obsolete. Now, I don't know if that's because we've just all figured out what we're going to use. I'm a Bitdefender guy. And so I've just kind of, I have a Bitdefender box that is my router mm-hmm. and does a bunch of cool things for me. Um, so Windows antivirus has gotten uh, uh, pretty good, I think, and doing what it does. It comes free on Windows 10. We're not doing that anymore. But an old, uh, an old application from way back, by the way, I still have, I think I still have a version of this on my mom's computer, but it's malware bytes and you yep. put, it's still free. Yep. Um, are you using it? Is it? A, yes. Is it, yeah. Yep. You know, and I, th- I think, um, so in some of the next links that I, I shared here, you know, it, um, so malware and antivirus, I think are still important things to address. Um, it's gotten to the point where, you know, I don't think you have to spend an arm and a leg on this stuff, but you know, it, to me, it still comes down to antivirus and malware bytes do two separate things. Um, not necessarily a free version, but just in my own home, I've, I've seen this happen many times, but, um, I don't, personally, I don't get hit with virus and malware that much as my kid was going through those formative years and they click on anything they find, they run into lots of malware and antivirus problems. My wife um, tended to end up with um, malware that was very browser driven. You know, she'd launch something that she thought was okay to launch. And then all of a sudden her computer speakers are telling her that she needs to send Bitcoin to somebody because uh, she's got a virus and, uh, and, uh, and, and the point I'm driving at there is the times I've noticed that being a problem is when I was between good firewalls, when I was experimenting with something different. For the past six months, I've been back on Untangle again, and the number of times a member of my family 
locally here has said, hey, come fix this for me, has gone down to nothing. So to me, the best way to keep malware and antivirus uh, at bay is get a really kick-ass firewall, something something good. Uh, you mentioned Bitdefender. To me, that's a great system because it's a it's a, a router firewall um that that I, I think does a very good job. Um, you know, there's the, the mainstays out there of PFSense, uh, Sophos, I'm back on Untangle. Uh, Untangle is extremely easy to use, 50 bucks a year for their home version of that. Um, I think Anthony Rayner picked up one of the Firewalla boxes. Mm -hmm. uh, so I look forward to seeing how that goes for him. Yeah, I was yeah, really yeah. tempted to go with one of those. Tony, we need to have you, as soon as you get that and you've, you're comfortable with it, you should come on and talk about it. Because I think that's a really yeah. interesting, that's yeah. a, a really interesting um, product. One of the things um, I was showing on this is, this is one of the things I've never really liked about malware bytes is they... You can get the free version, but I guarantee you they are going to grind you to upgrade to premium until you just finally like 40 bucks. And is it 40 bucks a year? Yeah, 40, For, bucks, 40 a year. bucks 40 bucks a year. But I will tell you, go to Malware Bytes. And if you ever owned Malware Bytes, log into your account at Malware Bytes. Because I had a. I, I bought one of those specials on Newegg of uh, five PCs uh, for, it was a great price. It was like, I think it was 39 bucks for a year for five PCs. It was, was a great deal. So I go in to register those for all the computers in the house. And here over in the corner was a malware bytes license that I'd forgotten about. And it was unlimited with no expiration. So, and it just popped into my head is, yeah, at one point in time, Malwarebytes did have this unlimited package. They, they did, they did. And and I had one. So in here, you know, I'm sure the machine I had run it on has long since left here, but that license key, I was I was impressed that Malwarebytes still had the license key out there. So. Yeah, that's good advice. I will, um, I'll get out there. I can't remember what my login information is. I'll have to send for a password reset. Yep. But yep. you're right. And I think actually I bought an unlimited license from Newegg, I want to say, back in the day. And yeah. I, I think it's installed on my mom's computer. Yep. So she has both, I think I have both Bitdefender and Malwarebytes on her computer plus Windows. Yep. And I've disabled, when you put Bitdefender on, you have to disable Windows, yep. the Windows Defender. Um, but I think that's, you know, so I think uh, protect yourself. A good firewall does phenomenal things. Malwarebytes takes care of a lot of the other weird weirdness that happens that you maybe click on without realizing it's a bad thing. And antivirus, there's still viruses out there and, and that's beneficial. Um, the, the next kind of three links there, I, you know, there's lots of free antivirus out there. Um, I, I, I make recommendations, but, um, I always tell people go to, go to avtest.org, uh, or avcomparatives.org. Um, either one is great spots. Um, comparatives here now, they still do their testing on, 
all different types of uh, antivirus products uh, give you an idea of what you know they're working on. But they've also started doing some IoT stuff and IP camera based stuff to see how things spec out from a security point of view. Uh, are there security holes in them? Um, they give rankings and ratings on them. Um, so AV Comparatives does a good job. Um, AV Test probably... Um, does a little more detail in the uh, rankings uh, and comparisons. The thing you find as you dig into them these days is it, you know, everybody has their bad version of product, but um, I've, you know, I'm still running uh, LiveSafe from McAfee and it uh, uh, seems to, you know, I, I don't have uh, computer issues like I once had from antivirus products and, uh, you know, life seems to keep rolling right along with it. Mm -hmm. um, so down on the bottom there, you know, tests for home users. And if you click on antivirus for Windows, um, it'll basically walk through, you know, their ratings, you know, the, the ones that they show as picks. And there's there's lots of freebies out there um, that, uh, that people can choose from. The Bitdefender box, 100 bucks a year, but I get unlimited Bitdefender, yep. which... Works great for me. I put it on most of the computers that it definitely does not like the Bitcoin, you know, the yeah. any of the miners. Yeah. It, de it definitely sees all those things. In fact, Windows does too. So I have to shut that off. And I don't use those, you know, the miners I don't use on a regular basis. I, in fact, I don't use them at all anymore. I mean, yep. they're mining, but I, it's not like I surf on them. So, um, so I've got a lot of things shut off on those to make those work. But um, but that yeah. is that I'm glad you brought that up because that that is a nice fit with something like Bitdefender because there is some good synergy that can be made between the firewall and your endpoint security. And one of one of my experiments when I was trying a few different routes with um, uh, things was uh, Sophos as a firewall, which it's a great firewall, but it's a little complex. But they offer endpoint security as well, and that I just kind of felt like that would be a great combination to work with, uh, and it did work really well because there was a good tie-in between the firewall and the endpoint security. Just a little more complex than I wanted to hit into. the uh, The next link there is you know just one for kind of reference is the AV test guys kicked up this uh, AV Atlas, which is a, it's a spot where they're bringing together um, lots of different. Um, uh, analytics and data. So if you go up to the top there and click on dashboard, it'll take a minute for it to refresh. And then it, uh, it gives you just at a glance, uh, uh, you know, what's, what's going on in the world? What are the hot spots? Where are bad things coming from? Uh, what kind of bad things are out there? If you're in the security end or you're in IT and you want to know more about security, um, you know, the suspicious links and emails, um, it, it's, it's a good place. A lot of the IT guys I talk to, it gives them fuel for helping them talk to their users about not clicking on things in files and, and you know, things from that point of view. If you look at uh, over on the left, the it's uh, black hat URLs. Um, if you pull down on that one right there, and uh, URLs and trends, I think is the screen for it. 
Um, it gives you a list of a lot of the URLs that are floating around that should be stayed away from and uh, keywords that pop up with them. And just, it's a good, you know, not a, not a ton of in depth, you know, there is a ton of in-depth data here, yeah. not for the faint of heart, but if you if you do um, see your career going more in an IT security point of view, this can be a, a pretty cool way to get into it. That's a lot of data there. I'm I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> um, I did uh, one of the things I did see on that map uh, in the you know look at the the let's see if I can. It takes a second to load because there's all kinds of things going on there. So give it a second. We'll come back to the map. Uh, the two countries, you know, it says, you know, red is where uh, most of the uh, the origin of spam is coming from. And, of course, Russia and the United States lead the way uh, in, in the origin of spam. Oh, yeah. Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting, to say the least. Um, you had put, in fact, I think we talked about this last show, so we won't spend a ton of, a ton of time on it, but, um, I still today am not super great at understanding, like if I wanted to check my own internal Wi-Fi or my own bandwidth, like, you know, I buy a new router or I buy a new switch and I kind of want to test the bandwidth between the two, you know, like, mm -hmm. or I want to know hey, do I have full bandwidth out of my computer to my router? Are there ways to do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's – it's uh, so <laughs> where I end up getting hit in that area a lot is uh, uh, I spend too much time on forums trying to be that helpful person who helps mm -hmm. people out. Um, I, I have Sonos uh, home stereo uh, – home audio equipment, whole home audio stuff, uh, and people love and hate sonos uh for good reasons but I, I can tell you the majority of the time with sonos uh answering questions on user groups ends up being trying to find ways to tell people their wi-fi is awful without making them feel bad that their wi-fi is awful so um some of the tools like the the WinFi here is is a way uh that you can load it up on a laptop there's a lot of good um tools from um, for Android and, and iPhone as well, uh, handheld you know, analyzer tools. This one I like be, because you can load it up. It will screen everything around you. Some of the big ones I look at with this one in helping people with Sonos is helping them understand that, um, oh, you're picking up, you know, it looks like you're picking up quite a bit of noise and looking at, you know, the top two up there is your 2.4 gigahertz network and your five gigahertz network, but your neighbor's 2.4 gigahertz network is on the exact same channel as yours is. So let's try changing your channel. And, and you'd be amazed at how much noise and interference goes away because it's not just what's happening in your house. It could be what's happening in your neighbor's house okay. uh, or just walking around the house with one of these. I, I had a guy, you know, kind of swearing up and down that, no, there's no problem. I got great Wi-Fi. I got phenomenal Wi-Fi. And he's walking around the house with, with this on the laptop and he come to realize one of one of the areas uh, that a speaker was really driving him nuts, and I'd asked him about other wireless devices because he had a ton of interference. Uh, and what it turned out was he had um, uh, a, a, a wireless phone in there that was causing 
interference. He had a wireless mouse and wireless keyboard that was causing interference. Um, anything that's wireless and if it's on the uh, you know similar bands, it's going to give you some problems that way. So at first blush, this one will give you um, some good information from the point of view of what, what are your signal strengths like? You can, you know, with the laptop or the handheld, you can walk around the house and, you know, see how well you're filling the corners. Uh, you know, kind of a funny one that pops up once again, back to the, the Sonos deal, a guy was saying how, you know, how he would, one of his speakers would drop out every time he had a party. And, and people were saying, well, it's your network. Oh, it's not my network. My network's great. But it seems like when there's too many people in the room, the speaker drops out. That's crazy. Why would that happen? So I showed the guy that, you know, the human body blocks a lot of Wi-Fi. And if you, if you load this on a laptop and you stand with the laptop with nothing between the laptop and your wireless device, your, your router, you'll get one reading. If you turn around and have your body between this and the router, you'll get a whole different reading. So it is based on the structure of your home. It is based on how many people are packed into an area. Um, so there, there's lots of things from that point of view. Um, with your question uh, about like throughput and that, there are other tools out there like a uh, little, little too complex, but um, there's, there's something called Iometer, which is a, a tool that um, I've played with quite a bit to um, say, load up a, load up some files on a server and then go to a, um, uh, uh, your laptop and run iometer and you're just moving data back and forth. So you can see I might be connecting to Wi-Fi at a certain speed, but am I really moving data at that speed? I'm installing it on my surface right now by the end of the show. <laughs> you know, and I think I remember, cause we talked about this before, um, and, and man, Windows is trying to, um, trying to really try to keep, is trying to keep me from installing this thing, you know, cause I'm doing a kind of an out install outside of the yep. store. Yep. And so it, it, it is, it is an outside the store app. It, so it, it is. is. Yeah. It's, it's being, it's being a little cautious with me. So we'll see, we'll see how this goes. Um, what about a network monitor? If I wanted to kind of see what was going on across all of my network, is there something for me there? So, um, this is a little for the more complex side of things, folks who are a little comfortable with uh, um, uh, more of the heavy lifting. Uh, PRTG, the Prassler folks, good German company. Um, they they have a product and uh, it, it focuses on uh, network taps or points, uh, measurement points. Um, so obviously their business is bigger enterprise, uh, but they offer a free package. You can download the full package, run it for free, and it lets you monitor 100 points. Uh, if you want to keep it long-term for free, um, you can monitor 100 devices. Where I first started playing with this was back in the home server days of, you know, you'd have a Windows home server loaded up on a, uh, on a, server and uh, there were tools on the server to tell you if you lost a drive in a raid set or there was another problem with the server 
but they didn't have good ways to communicate back. And uh, PRTG was one of the first ones that you, you know gave you this ability to go into that server and say set a trigger point on uh, a drive failure. And you know we we did so much with the HP servers back in the day. Um, HP had a uh, event uh, uh, application that would make the link basically between windows and the uh, raid controllers and carry that information. So if the raid controller saw a drive die, uh, it would send it over to windows. Windows would send it to uh, uh, PRTG and you'd get an email saying, Hey, you had a drive die in your home server. So, um, you know, a lot of traditional things you can monitor from network bandwidth, depending on the networking products you have, uh, it's one of those that if you haven't played with it, it's definitely something to download, pop it in a lab environment, play through it a little bit to see, um, you know, what, what it looks like. Uh, once again, as I, I pick on some of the German companies that I, uh, I like their tools from, uh, lots of documentation, lots of information, um, and uh, seem, seems to be working well yeah what's the free version so you get the unlimited version for 30 days and then it says after 30 it goes back to the free version what's the limits on the free version free version is just a hundred monitoring oh. points yep. <laughs> okay and a monitoring point means i need to have the software on every single one of those like a client or something uh it might be a client point. for certain things or it, it's just what you've what you've told it to go look okay. at so it could be a port on a switch it could be a function in a switch. Okay. It could be okay. something you're pulling from uh, from that. So um, could be a variety of things from that point of view. But yeah, they they tend to um, work out quite uh, quite well. There you go. That's it. That was easy to get up and running. You can kind yep. of see on the surface. There you go. What's going on with what's the, what's the name of this one again? Uh, WinFi. WinFi. Win, so WinFi get... Lite is the free version. Yeah. yeah. So a lot, you, a, a lot you, of things on there. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a ton of stuff. And if you go, when you get time to play with it, go over to the right side. I think there there's a dashboard view button. Take it to basic. That'll help you kind of understand. But if you look across the top, I think it probably shows you um, your signal strength. Um, it'll show you RSSI, which is, uh, you know, basically your receiving strength. And then uh, it shows you probably signal to noise ratio as well. So it gives you, give, gives you a lot of information about what's going on with your, with every network that it can pick up. Yeah. Yeah. Including the one it's on plus what's, what it's, what it's um, seeing. It picked up the, the, Bit, the Bitdefender piece on there. It's saying the vendor name, Bitdefender. SRL and the band it's coming in on the channel it's coming in on the signal quality that's kind of cool yep. that's plus it just looks really cool I think I'm just gonna yeah. leave this up like it, I'm just gonna you know it's I, I I put various monitors up behind me you know I got the weather going on some and whatever that this looks freaking cool this this has a certain level of cool factor when you're yeah. when you're on zoom calls you put that up over your shoulder so right yeah and and uh be like what are you well i've got one pc i had over my shoulder for a while that was running um you know it was running the the burst coin stuff and so it was just constantly rolling through some things and um so it uh it looked cool everybody's like what is that you know no it's it's neat stuff yeah 
So I'm going to try and share a screen here again. If, if, can you, uh, See yeah, the no, one it's, I'm up. Trying to share. it's up. Yeah. So this is for for the networking guys who like to play around with stuff. This is something Prassler just brought up from a freebie point of view. It's their toolbox. So where I stumbled into this one was so I work for a company who's a systems integrator. We um, integrate computer systems for OEM customers. You know, basically a lot of firewall security storage kind of guys, and occasionally they'll throw a system at us. We we had one come in that was a custom built board that they wanted to convert into something else. And the software was very tightly tied to the um, hardware on the board. And we we're having a little bit of trouble finding out whose network card it was. And I, th I thought, well, somebody's got to have a, a Mac tool because we knew what the Mac address was. And I stumbled into, hey, Prassler's toolbox has a little tool here that allows you to go in Enter an I uh, enter a MAC address for Ethernet. Do look up, and it will tell you who that MAC address is registered to. Um, some of the other things that uh, you know they've got a port check, so you can inside your network you can check for open ports, um, DNS lookup, um, the uh, website uh, check. Let's pick on. Uh, Oh, yes, I agree with terms and conditions. <laughs> so we'll pick on Dave. No, he wasn't able to resolve that one. Let's see. You can uh, you can do the average guy on TV if you want. So ba basically, it has some, uh, you know, the, the Chrome security function, the Mozilla and uh, Chrome's Lighthouse. Uh, and there's some more drill down on these. So you can do a little self-exploratory on your own uh, security aspects, observations around things. Um, so just some interesting information that can be gathered up. Once again, probably not something you'd use on a regular basis, but uh, just something I stumbled across yeah. with uh, looking at some of the things that no, Prassler three does. really good networking tools Two I'm going to use right away uh, yep. in, 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 in some testing, just some stuff. Tony and said in the chat room, yep, my, my network and a few other locals on channel one. Mm -hmm. So a good opportunity to kind of see that and be like, Oh, maybe I should, I think I have all my channels set to default. One of the things about the bit defender box, the phone app is way more powerful than the web interface. Like it's like mm -hmm. they, they yes. spent most of their time developing the, the, the app as opposed to, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of used to the web being the easiest, most functional, but the best app is the iPhone app. And uh, yeah, so, I, I'm, so I'm, I'm seeing more and more guys, uh, more and more technology is shifting that way. Um, I won't click on this one because it will give my uh, local IP. But um, yeah. if you ever get, if if you're playing with your firewall stuff and you see you're getting pinged from IP addresses, um, IP geolocation will let you look up and it will tell you where that person is coming from. Okay. Cool. So cool. kind of a kind of a neat deal there. A tool that you and I have talked. I think every time we've done this, we've talked about this tool. And I uh, and this was uh, Bellark is one of those tools I used back in my commercial federal days. So I actually deployed. I was an I was an admin at the time, sysadmin at the time, 
and I deployed a complete Bellarc solution. Okay, so this would have been 2000. When did I leave them? I left commercial about 2005, seven. Yeah, 2005. So this may have been 2002, 2003 that I was with these guys. They've been around a long time. Um, I don't know how much development they're doing right now, but man, if you want to know everything about your computer, this Bellarc advisor does it for sure. I and this is one where every time I go to use it, I I instantly do the well. They don't make that anymore, do they? And you go look it up, <laughs> right. and there it is. And then you know I'll do the well. Nobody's updating it anymore. And oh look, runs on Windows 10, 2016, 8.1. You know, so other than 2019, uh, they haven't updated for that yet. But um, if you haven't run this, th this is my mainstay for. I'm going to back up a laptop hard drive for myself or a fr friend or family member. And I want to see, I want to know everything that's on that drive before I make the change. This will tell you every program that's on that drive. It will tell you every license key it has access to. Um, an odd use for this is uh, it's got a fairly good network uh, analyzer or not analyzer, but um documenter it'll show you lots of stuff that are is out on your network uh which i, I find is it kind of blows me away that it, it's able to do as much as it does but yeah jim you you brought this one up first and it it's it's been a mainstay it i can't tell you the number of times that uh you know especially as we try things on computers and then don't use it and then later you go oh Hey, I didn't even remember that was still loaded on there. And I, I, I would like to save the license key from that, you know? So it, it's a great inventory tool, just phenomenal amount of information. Well, I just, just for keys, like keys alone, stuff you've installed that you have keys for. I always, I always lose those things. And so, yep. like you said before, and this is one, I wish I always like, I need to have a sticky that says run Bellark before you <laughs> reinstall. Cause you, you know, you get frustrated. You're doing something. You're, I'm just going to blow this thing away and start over. And as soon as you blow it away, you're like, oh, I should have run Bellark on that thing. And then gives you a little PDF inventory report that you can save off somewhere. I was looking for a version of mine from old. I've had, I don't know, I've used this a dozen times at least, maybe maybe more, uh, maybe tens of times. And it's, it's man, it is, it is a great, like you said, it's a great report. So one I recommend. You've got um, Gary's Utilities on there as well. Is that one um, that you, I'm, I'm not, I haven't been a fan of some of these kinds of uh, programs, but you like this one? I, I like uh, so. Glarysoft was a uh, Christian. Glary, sorry, I think I said Gary, but Glary. Yeah. Yes, uh, it was a Christian recommendation, and and you know, a lot of people get really nervous around these because one of the main functions of these is uh, registry editors, and you gotta you gotta have one you trust. Um, CC Cleaner is a decent product in this realm, uh, but you know, Glary's one touch function on this. Um, I think we all, you know, have worked with PCs enough that if something's bad out there, um, you know, reinstalling the OS is probably the cleanest way to do that. But I have found Glary when you have, um, when you don't think you have time or you don't want to take the time and you just like to try and clean things up. I've had some really good results. I have never had this kill a PC. Uh, or cause irreparable damage uh, that needed to uh, be dealt with. But um, 
the one touch on it, a couple passes with one touch seems to clean up a lot of uh, issues with um, uh, registry-related items, and uh, I've just had very good luck with it over the years. So, um, But I, I think that's one where I think people do get concerned about tool sets like that. We have more than we're going to have time to talk about in here. I'm going to I'm going to jump uh, because I have some experience with this. So I, I want to jump to always sync. I had put out in the community. It's been so long since I had used a, <laughs> a syncing uh, piece of software and uh, was looking for something to sync between the Moro data box and my Drobo. I wanted to take what was on the Moro data because I wanted a local copy of it. You know, Moro data only keeps about 750. It's a terabyte in there, but there's some caching and the stuff that goes on. So about 750 gig, gig. Yeah. And so, but I wanted a complete copy of everything local. So I move it over to the Drobo and I actually have always sync here. And I brought the, I, I actually bought the pro version of it mm-hmm. uh, because there's some limitations on free. Um, it's been, um, it's <laughs> Okay. I did mention this on a show in the past, though. I did change a drive letter that I had mapped, and then it thought that drive. Of course, it lost. So when I in when I put the new drive in, and it 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 previously been named that drive letter, so it took oh. over the drive letter on there, kicked the Drobo off, and took it over. Of course, Always Sync said, "Hmm, there's nothing there," so it yep. started doing a full restore. Right? Yep. Well. That's two gig or it's two terabytes. And so it went to, well, of course it's not all on that box. So went to Backblaze and pulled down two terabytes <laughs> from Backblaze. And then it did it two more times. So three times, six terabytes, seven days, cost me about a hundred bucks mm-hmm. and, and <laughs> restored it from, from Backblaze. That was a very expensive mistake. I have since moved always sync from a remote computer to the computer that's in front of me. Cause I want to know if yep. this thing's, if this thing's doing it, I need to know it again. Not always sync fault, my fault yep. for sure. But one of those but things, know, yeah, one of those things. Yeah. And, and I think that's, um, there's a lot of good sync packages out there. Once again, this is the one I tend to go to yeah. mainly because it works like I think, I, it makes sense to me the way it works when you set things up. And I first used it when we had a situation where I had multiple people who we just wanted to grab files off their computers and make one big repository of them. And this was a quick, easy way to do that without, you know, resol- without having to worry about them overwriting files. And uh, over the years, just some of the logic behind the way it, uh, you know, maintains copies and, and the way you can do sync in one direction or do sync in two directions. Um, there's, there's several different routes to look at with it, but yeah, with any of the sync packages, it kind of comes down to, does it, does it do it the way it makes sense for you to do it? So, yeah. Yeah. It's super powerful. These guys have been around a long time and this is my actual, you know, the actual instance of it. Uh, one of the, uh, that's on the screen, one of the, it does have a kind of a bandwidth limitation on the free side. So they let mm-hmm. you do so much and then they're kind of like, well, you got to wait seven days or something like that to um, uh, to do that. Uh, Jim in chat says I should 
set protecting daily caps. Yes, yes, I should, <laughs> Jim. I should, and I, I, I don't think I have yet. I need to go back and do that just, just, just in case. Um, what tipped me off to it was the kids said we were we were joking about something about how much bandwidth my daughter uses, and I said, "You want to see?" And I logged into the into the Cox app, <laughs> and I'm like, "Holy crap!" I, at that point, I'd used seven, six point seven terabytes over the last week and i'm like gah you know um yeah yeah so usually i get a notification from cox when i'm when i'm gonna go past i must have blown past that so fast (laughs) that at this point they're like well i did find uh at least cox in my area there's a hundred dollar cap for them so you know they charge you 10 bucks per or yeah 10 bucks per 50 gig after that Mm -hmm. They cap it at a hundred, so you can really. I mean, that that's at least handy. I was, yeah. <laughs> my initial thought was, oh, yeah. I started choking. I was thinking like ten dollars per fifty gig. I'm dead. I'm gonna owe them like ten thousand dollars. Yeah. So, well, and it, it's once you know, a COVID related thing with that is with with the with Untangle, you get great data out of the out of the firewall about what's going on, and I had thought, you know, my I did not think my work laptop would be the biggest user of data currently in our house. But then I look at it as I'm, I'm remote. We, as in my role, um, I'm, I'm linked up to, we use Dropbox. We use Dropbox for business. We use Google Docs. And we've also got some file share stuff. And it's all set up to sync. So it all is syncing between my laptop and corporate. And I keep looking at, you know, I was blown away by the numbers of, of I, I am the, we're, my work laptop is the biggest load on our network and my work laptop file shares are the biggest amount of data moving in and out of the house right now. Hmm. That makes sense though. It, but, it does, but yeah. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought about it. I wouldn't have thought about it from that point of view. Yeah. No, good, good that you know that, right? I mean, yeah. it's just good to kind of know. I, I'd like some more reporting like that just to kind of see the big problem with the Bitdefender box is it doesn't give that kind of granularity. It's so right. simple. Yep. You don't get that kind of regularity. Um, I want to show, Kevin, uh, before we before we head out, I want mm-hmm. to show, we, we did have a couple, this is, the first time that I have been um, that I've shared show notes, and so a couple, just a couple comments. Here's here's a look at what we're looking at. Uh, Joe had jumped in uh, Notepad Plus uh, Plus. Oh yes, a, right as a text kind of a text editing code writing standard. Right, it's got some tools. That, do you use that, Kevin? I, I I use it a bit, but um, so, several of our, once again, the company, um, I was surprised at the number of our customers that include that in their builds. Um, we've got a couple of medical companies that that is the, the notepad package that ships with their system. Right. So it, it it's very well done and a, a very good package. Uh, we also have uh, Visual Studio Code, which became available um, here, let me get back there. Visual Studio Code, which became available for free uh, from uh, Microsoft. And so uh, that is there as well, Justin. Thanks for that. MKV, there's a f- uh, free ripping m- makemkv.com uh, nope. to get those. He, he included a free beta key in there, by the way, if you want to jump in there. That'll be in the show notes if you want to check uh, that out. I don't rip. Do you rip DVDs anymore? 
I not. I do not know. Yeah. yeah. I, some do. No judgment if, if yep. you do. I just don't. I for for the longest time I was ripping um, DVDs and hand breaking them and doing all kinds of things for my Plex box, and then I lost all those somehow. And oh, when my, when my Drobo went bad, I lost them, and I didn't have them backed up. And, and I knew that. I knew if I yep. they're gone, they're gone. And um, so I didn't. Uh, I after that I was like, I, I just don't think I'm going to rip DVDs anymore. Mm-hmm. I have a whole stack of them in the living room that are just <laughs> sitting there. I wonder how long they'll be good for. They certainly won't. They won't last forever. Uh, NP, NP, MAP, Maps, Maps 2, free scanned PDF tool uh, at uh, naps, naps2.com. And then nice. um, they uh, Justin adds in some free laptop Scan and update utilities from them as well. We'll include all those in the show notes. They'll be available out there. Again, and now that I know what the show is, theaverageguy.tv slash HGG455. If you're listening live and you want to continue to add to the list, I'll post these over the weekend. And so you can kind of continue to update your whatever you want to throw in there. We'll have a kind of a, a community list, much more than we talked about here yeah. uh, and some some other stuff as well. So thanks for doing that. Kevin, thanks for taking some time tonight. How 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 you, you mentioned the job. How is the job? There was a time when you weren't in a job. How's that's how, true? How's the job going? <laughs> job, job's going very well. Um business has remained good. We've been uh, uh very lucky. The uh <clears throat> so the company's based out of San Jose. We're a system integrator, uh so manufacturing products for other folks and uh our our production team has been staying active we've Good. had to Good. change yeah. how uh how we try to it, it's a little difficult building systems sometimes when you're trying to stay six feet away from the person you're working with mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we've had to we've gotten very good at looking at manufacturing um efficiencies and how we limit the touch and interaction between people. Uh, but yeah, we've, we've stayed good businesses going well and, uh, um, hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to travel again sometime in the future. Sometime. I don't, I'm kind of okay without it to be honest <laughs> at the moment. I do. I'm going to, I need to get out East and see John and Christian and, and I need to head, um, Need to kind of get out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Ed Sullivan, go see Ed. So I may drive it. Yeah, uh, two, it's a two dayer. Uh, we stayed in a hotel in Kansas City. I mean, in uh, Denver when we went out there. No, Colorado Springs. And why I just had to name three cities to get there, I don't know why. But you know, I can head out. The hotels are super clean, like super mm. clean. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so two day drive, and then I'd probably stay there for three days, and then two days back, whatever, something like that. I, I don't. The, although I priced tickets out to the East Coast, Boston, eighty five dollars one way. I was like, <laughs> what? What? So you know, I'm I'm kind of torn, Kevin, because for eighty five bucks, you know, you kind of think that's a day's worth. Well, it's probably not a, in my civic. It's probably, it, I, I could probably get there. No, I, that may be a day's worth of gas. It may be more expensive to drive than to fly at, at $85. Right. Well, and that's, uh, you know, time. The the family here has been bringing up the question that we're all, we're all a bit concerned about the idea of 
going someplace, but wouldn't this be kind of a fun time to just hop in the plane and fly to someplace to uh, enjoy it? So, yeah. well, it's, yeah. Although not a bad, um, uh, not a bad way to get to the East coast for me. And then I wouldn't have to worry mm -hmm. about renting a car and some of those kinds of things that are worth it. So uh, Sarah's got a trip uh, in October and that may be my window. There's a, it's beautiful to be out on the East coast. Oh yeah, I may yep. take a week off and uh, and head down that way. Podcasting responsibilities lighten up in the fall, and uh, so I may get a good good opportunity to go out and see Christian. I haven't seen him in a while, yeah. so we had a, I don't know. Many 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 years ago, we went to uh, uh, Boston and then up to Maine uh, in the fall season, and yeah. Uh, yeah. beautiful out. And yeah. in Maine. Uh, it, basically we were on a sailing schooner. So just uh, imagine like a bed and breakfast on a boat and uh, wonderful best to this day, best lobster I ever had. We were last day, we were looping around the Harbor. Um, he dropped the sail on the, on the ship and we pulled up alongside a guy pulling up lobster traps and lit literally the lobsters came out of the water into a pot nice. downstairs and nice. you basically walked your live lobster down and you came up with a one with a little tub of butter and nice. best, best I ever uh, had. I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. The, the one drawback is two full days in the car and then you're there yep. for three or four and then it's two full days back and you can't, you just lose that productivity time. Like I just yep. lose when you fly, you know, you work at the airport, you can work on the plane. You right. You just don't lose. You kind of lose a day, a chunk of a day. Yep. But yep. but so that would be the one drawback. Uh, Jim Shoemaker says uh, <laughs> it need to be a real emergency to get him back in an airport <laughs> on an airplane. And I I don't disagree. Justin says no car when you when you get here though. So yep. I can't make it to where he's at. Andrew is like the Amtrak for the win. And that, you know, um, I am a public transportation guy. And I guess, oh, yeah. but is getting on a train any better than getting on a plane? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, I, so from from a COVID standpoint, I'd love to take the train out there from a travel oh, yeah. standpoint. Just jump yep. on the train. They have Wi-Fi. So you could work, you know, you could continue to work. Um, uh, Brian uh, does say, first and only trip on Amtrak, loved it. No TSA, smooth ride, lots of legroom. That's all true. Like I took yep. Amtrak um, from from Portland to Seattle, four hours, and oh man, it's it is luxury. Like it is like you feel first class. Yep. Like and you're in a, just a regular coach seat, and it yep. feels for. They're never they were like I never sat next to anybody. Was that right English? Never sat. Yeah, and um, I never sat back next to anybody, and I. Tons of space. It was great. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, um, Tony's saying he went from Denver to Glenwood Springs on Amtrak. The rafters mooned us. Kids, <laughs> close your eyes. <laughs> the rafters. The rafters. That's not the raft rafters. But not the, the rafters, rafters, but the rafters. Yeah. Good. Good. Uh, good call on that. So, um and Andrew says, so few people ride the train that there's lots of room between you. Yeah. yeah, I did. It'd be a long train ride to have a mask on right now. And I'm sure you would, you'd have to. 
don't you think on the, on the yeah, train? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Out in, out sure in public be, kind of thing. Yeah. Sure, it'd be a full day, maybe 12, 24, 20 hours, something like that from Omaha, uh, from Omaha to Boston. I have to see, I have to, I have to look into it. Andrew, well, you guys got me thinking. I'm not going to do it, but yeah, I'll look into it. <laughs> I'll look and, into it. I'll check yeah. it out. And, and uh, yeah. that's be, being where I am in the Twin Cities here. It's always been considered a really good, a really beautiful run from here to like Seattle. You know, if you if you wanted to go that far, uh, because you go through the plains you, and then you go into the mountains and then you're you're. Uh, so it, it, I've been told it's 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 really a a beautiful route to go. <laughs> Justin, put some ether in the mask and pass the time away. <sighs> this is maybe the best at the end of the show. Usually, chat drops off at the <laughs> at the end of the show. Everybody's like, uh, "Whatever, I'm I'm napping or whatever." Uh, and An Andrew made sure we got the pronunciation. Rafters, yes, absolutely, right. yeah, absolutely. Rafters. So. So I will, I, I, yeah. one comment pops yeah. into my head. Uh, you, you mentioned, so uh, 2016 through downsizing, I was laid off from the company I was mm -hmm. with, uh, had been there for 20 plus years. Uh, 2018 uh, was hired with the company I'm with right now. Uh, two years is a long time to be out of work. Um, you know, if anybody is out of work and you'd like to talk about it, just hit me up. I'm more than happy to. Um, and to put it candidly, when you're, so I'm 59 now, when you're in your late fifties, um, the best way for you to get a job is to talk to your friends and it's networking. Mm -hmm. it, the, the position I ended up in, it, it was due to a gentleman I used to work with back in the nineties who he and he and I, um, uh, just kind of bumped into each other online and he, and he kind of did the, uh, you, you wouldn't consider coming to work for a smaller company that, and, and of course in the back of my mind, I'm thinking I would do about anything right now mm -hmm. just to have something to do. But he and I talked about what the role was, what they wanted to get it to be. Um, I'd interviewed for hundreds. Uh, I'd sent out hundreds of resumes, hundred, hundreds of uh, uh, applications, and you get hit a ton with the overqualified. Uh, I hate I hate the phrase overqualified, but there are. You know, I, I saw examples where I would go into a company interview for a position, and the conversation would gravitate to a different level. So don't be insulted by the overqualified statements. Um, use your network. Don't be shy about asking your network to think about you when they see positions open up. Uh, and another big key that I've found for us experienced workers is when you're talking to HR at a big company, let them know that you would be really good at mentoring their younger employees and um, those kind of things seem to, and of course you have to be able to do that and wanting to do that. But uh, just a commercial there for anybody who is uh, struggling to find a position or needs to help in finding a position. Can't say I can find you a job, but I'm always available to chat mm -hmm. if you have questions about job searches. Yeah, very applicable right now. It's a weird yes. It's a weird job market right now. I've never yes. seen anything in the 30 years I've been doing this, and I've been doing a lot of recruiting. I've never seen anything like this. So it is just bizarre world out there. You've got to be persistent and, and 
lucky mm-hmm. and networked, like all, all those kinds of things to to track that down. Andrew, I know Andrew's looking for a job right now and and struggling to find one. So it is tough. And and uh, you know, I I just kind of worry sometimes about. You know, Gallup's a great company. I just there's still moments you're kind of like, I hope you know we got to it's good as it is. You got to get through this. And who yeah. knows? I you know we could be at the tip of the iceberg on the economy right now. So yeah, absolutely. You just don't know. I mean, it, it's you can you can run it as well as it can be run, and if it's just not in the cards, it's not in the cards. So, um, you know, we weathered '08 and '09 together, and in uh, in you know a lot of the folks that are listening here, you know, we've been hanging around each other for a while now, and oh yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, just do just make sure you're leveraging your networks, uh, both for 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 jobs and for just well being. You know, absolutely. I am absolutely. I am grateful. There are many of you who are listening who I can ping at any point during the day, <laughs> and uh, you know Ed Sullivan, who has been on the show and is a good friend of mine. Now we've we've kind of gotten to be better friends during this just by weekend cigars <laughs> to, virtually. You know, just out on the deck. He's on, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we use Zoom. Uh, that's a great way to do that. I've got a couple of you that I just ping in a variety of ways, Twitter or whatever. So make sure you're staying in the loop. A couple of reminders before we go. Uh, we are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at theaverageguy.tv slash live. Love to have you join uh, the community in some way if you're listening for the very first time. Man, if you're listening for the first time, you made it this far. Woo-hoo. Wow. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. For, I should send you an award or something for that. I should have some kind. Uh, if you want to join us over on Patreon, if you like what you do and you're hanging around, you, you want to join us on Patreon, theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon is how to get that done. Kevin, I, I'm I'm getting closer and closer to a virtual meetup. Like, hmm. I, it's it was hard to do physical, but now I'm kind of thinking, let's just do this thing virtually. We'll have yeah. uh, theaverageguy.tv, whatever. Um, meet up and we'll we'll get together on a Saturday and I, I'll get some folks to present some things and we'll do kind of what we did here. Yeah, we'll just do it in a virtual form. It'll be you know maybe take four, oh. five, six hours, a little lunch break, whatever. Maybe it's even a, great a beer idea. tasting in there. Yeah, you know how That's good would it. that be? So I'm gonna That's I'm gonna start. Idea. Yeah, I'm gonna start looking at some dates here for the fall, mm-hmm. and uh, and just see if we can't get together and uh, and maybe do a meetup. That way, I may have a lot better chances of actually pulling one of those oh, off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, Justin says maybe in an unconference format or something. Yeah, I might take uh, or just if you've got something, you know, I'll just I'll, I'll put out a call for speakers and just say, what do you want to present on? And and we'll take four or five of those. And you kind of miss the informal walking around and looking at people's stuff kind of thing. That's kind of the, that's kind of the bummer, but. Um, you know, that would be the, I don't know. Well, yeah. Oh, you know what? And maybe just throw it out there and, uh, and, and get some ideas from folks on things that may or may not work. So we'll, we'll work on that as well. Yeah. We'll work on it as well. If you want to contact me, if you got some ideas for it, send me an email, Jim at the average guy.tv. Um, Oh, by the way, if you got this far and there's anything that maybe you didn't make it to the live show, but you're watching this on YouTube, uh, jump down into the comments, and if you got things you want to add, like we didn't cover, but some things you want to add, just add them in the comments down on YouTube, and uh, and we'll we'll get it kind of a officially added to the set 
of things that are there as well. We want to thank Christian for his sponsorship of the Average Guy TV. Of course, he keeps that thing running out at Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and trust. His plans still start at ten bucks. Still, it's a pandemic deal, and so you want to head out there and get that. No inflation on those. They they're doing pretty well. You can tack on email to that for five bucks if you want to get it done. Uh, maplegrovepartners.com and again big congratulations to Christian uh, for getting married a couple weeks ago and uh, looking forward to going to see him when everything kind of settles down we are live every Thursday I'm just watching the tweets that Tony is doing live out on Twitter right now and he just announced the meetup oh Tony <laughs> we're live every Thursday 8pm Central 9 Eastern out here at the average guy.tv slash live if you're listening live hang around for a little bit of the post show with that we'll say goodbye